This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Dao. As per the intro, I'm joined today by fascinating creatives and ingenious geniuses. <laughs> Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce them. I've got with me today Anthony Bella, uh, more commonly known as the Expressionist. And joining us as well in the conversation is the famous Austin Malema. I mean, this oh. guy's got a, has got a song after him or something like that. <laughs> this is Man Crush Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not Man Crush, you it's, it's Malema Crush Mondays. Replace, <laughs> replace the man with the Malema. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's delve into it. We, we're unraveling the, um, the essence of, of, of the culture. And how we'd like to do that is delve a bit into photography and understanding the space itself, you yeah. know, uh, before we delve into the narratives that uh, you guys um, pride yourself in and look into with, with most of your work. So first and foremost, what do you think is your responsibility as an artist? And we'll, we'll start with Anthony. Well, I mean, for me, the biggest responsibility as an artist is uh, authenticity. I think that's kind of the, the base of what anything anyone does needs to be is uh, what motivates you to do that thing and how honest are you in the way that you do it. Because I think especially in this uh, generation or in this era where social media has become the, the, the currency for a lot of things, sure. people misrepresent themselves or they paint the, these veneers or these masquerades that they create about who they are. Mm. And I think that's uh, a very dangerous. So um, I think, again, authenticity, authenticity and honesty in what you do and who you are and representing that accurately um, is the most important thing. And that's what will resonate with people in the long run. I think short term, you can win very quickly if you create a persona yeah. and you create a lifestyle and you put it on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and whatever social medium there is. But um, the cows come home or the chickens come home to roost eventually sure. so i think it's important to just represent what you believe in and what you want and aspire towards those things rather than you know misrepresent it hmm. yes you anthony you just answered for both of us <laughs> i was about to say <laughs> uh i think uh it's being able to tell a story that will resonate with the people and being able to do it in a way that it represents who you are or how you see things in particular in that environment and when somebody decides or thinks of getting into the photography um, industry, because a lot of people has, have this misconception at, at some point I did as well, that you just need a camera and a laptop to edit those photos. But from the conversation that's um, going on around, um, it's more intricate than that. And I want you guys to take us through that and, and help us understand the business of photography. I think the the biggest misconception is also everybody like there's a period everybody wanted to be a DJ because it was a cool thing to yeah. do. Oh and yeah, yeah. We're not do. I don't think Anthony and I are doing this as a cool. Mm. Like we do it because it's an art that we believe in, and this is how we can tell our stories and shape the environment around us. Uh, that's why we tell the stories that we all tell. You know, 
uh, Anthony will tell you with the series that he did on himself, that's the story that he wanted to tell about himself. So for me, uh, I don't think you want to get into photography because it's a cool thing to do because th- like Anthony said, uh, the chickens come home to roost sure. and we're going to see that you're doing it as a fad. So it's not a real thing. Don't do it because it's a cool and yeah, you might get away with it a couple of times, but when you finally get a job that requires you to be a real photographer, will you be able to pull it off? Or are you still, you're just going to stand in front of a client and say, oh no, I just never thought I could do something as big at this moment. Yeah. Because we already believe that's what you are. If you, if you kind of put it out as that's what you are, you're a photographer and you get employed to do a big job and then you're like, um, I don't understand I don't this. understand how to do one, two, three. Yeah. Then why did you lie to everyone? Like, I think if you're going to be a photographer, you need to do it because you've got the eye for it. You've got the passion for it and you really want to do it as a career. It's not like I'm not a part-time photographer. I don't like, I don't have another job, you know, yeah. this is what I do Monday to Monday. So if you're doing it, you need to re really invest yourself into it and do it with your entire heart. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's an important, um, Fundamental to remember about any any profession or any skill set that you have or um, any job that you want to do is how badly or how passionate are you about the thing, and um, I think the things that you're passionate about you're naturally curious about. So if you're a dentist, you're going to find out all there is about dentistry and the machinery, and it's going to come across in your work and what you deliver. And it's the same with photography. Uh, the misconception a lot of the time is that you can just point and click. And although the technology has uh, improved and made it easier for novices and just families and friends to do photo shoots, uh, like Austin said, there are instances, especially uh, working in the professional environment where the conditions change or um, clients ask you that we want this thing to look a specific way. Let us know what equipment you'll need to achieve this look. Mm. And without um, doing the research, without trial and error, um, you're going to learn in a very expensive way if it's happening on set. So mm. um, I think, again, it's the same with DJing and every, any other profession that's kind of been a fad or popular for any time. The, the the fashion of it or the perception of it versus the reality are very different because photography is not glamorous. Yeah. Um, you can even ask models or actors or any profession that seems glamorous because you see the 10% that's the veneer or the, the picture of it. What happens? is very different to the reality of day-to-day of doing cost estimates or following up with clients, with payments, with getting models there on time, with uh, art directing some shoots if they don't have an art director or a creative director on set, um, make, becoming a makeshift star when you have to there's just a lot of um non-glamorous work or aspects of the work that come into it that um people never realize and a lot of people end up dropping out or quitting because they thought well i'm just going to be popular and get invited to events yeah. and get free sneakers and free clothes when that accounts for less than 10 percent of the reality of the day-to-day of of the work so um I think over time you'll realize if you want to do the thing or not. But I mean, there's no job on this earth that doesn't come with um, uh, a level of unpleasantness. And it's always important to remember that getting into anything is that time will tell if you are about the, the art form or the work or if you're in it for a fad or for social media clout or Fame whatever the case is. Yeah. And all the accreditation. Mm. So with a lot of what you just said, I'd like us. I'd like you to take us through some of the photographic um, jargon that 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 goes into any particular work on a, any particular given day for any client. That's important for you to know 
Um, because when a client comes, they'll just use that jargon. And you need to understand what they want, what they mean by this, what they mean by range, by retouching. Some of the things that you mentioned yeah. um, for aspiring photographers out there. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't even go into the specifics of the jargon because, you know, we live in the information age. And for me, like I've just said, if you really care about the thing, literally, it's it's one Google search away to go. Um, there's, there's tutorials on YouTube um, about um, learning more than just the jargon, but what sure. the jargon means and how you apply it. And they physically show you if, if uh, there's tutorials or they'll tell you about uh, what the f-stop means, what ISO means, what aperture is. Um, all of those, all of those nitty gritties, you can learn. And a, and a lot of the time, the easiest way to learn is through practice, mm, um, because then you're not learning it from a book and trying to remember it. You're you physically adjusting applied. ISO. You're changing the focal length of uh, the lens. Um, you're working with a full frame versus a, a crop frame a sensor. All of those things I'd had no clue about for the longest time. But because I wanted to learn and control the environment that uh, my camera was creating, yeah. I automatically just started going deeper and deeper into those things. So what are some of the problems that photographers like yourselves um, face? Uh, I'll ask this on two levels. As, ba- as a basic photographer um, who's doing this professionally and then as an African as well, you know, bringing race into um, the whole narrative. Look, I think um, just like any any other job, we all have uh, challenges that we face in everything that we do. But to be honest with you, um, one some of the biggest challenges that we get is trying to get an agency to believe in what you do because there's. To be honest, I feel like there's some some people who get jobs because of who they are, okay. not because of what they've done. Mm. You know, and it just becomes a bit of a problem because you're like, yeah, we could all apply for the jobs. We had this conversation earlier, like people who get jobs because you're going to brides with the agency creators or the people that are doing the jobs, mm. and it's not based on merit. Like, okay, cool, how good are you? How good are you not? And that kind of sucks because you know you're good at this specific thing. Like the stuff that I'll say I can never do because Anthony's good at it. So now imagine me trying to do a job that Anthony does mm-hmm. and I fail. And everybody looks back and they're like, ah, oh, but that's what Anthony that's what Anthony specializes in. That's what Anthony's good at. Then it just makes me look like an idiot. So besides that, um, I think I let Anthony answer the second second half of the question. What is the second half of the question? <laughs> well, the first half <laughs> is doing photography as as, as an individual. Mm. There's there's problems as an African, and, ooh, and there's challenges. challenges. Oh, okay. And then there's challenges doing photography or being in the industry yeah. as an African as well. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. It is most definitely a challenge, and that's a. Uh, um, a macroeconomic challenge. Um, if you look at the, the the social economics and the and the monetary economics of the country that we live in, uh, a lot of the decision making power and the buying power is still lies with uh, our Caucasian counterparts or brothers and sisters because you know we're all part of the same race, uh, sure. the human race. Sure. Um, but there are nitty gritties that. Um, or specifics around the politics around uh, South Africa, especially that we can't um, shirk or dance around. And that is that a lot of rooms, uh, especially in advertising agencies, in talent management agencies, even in brand, a lot of rooms are still very white and still very male. Mm. And that's where representation and the, and the politics thereof start to become a factor. Um, we spoke a little bit about it earlier, where um, if you're a photographer or a director, 
and you need to pitch on work, the likelihood is that you won't even get asked to pitch because you don't have the relationships. And that's not because you're not competent. It's just because, like we've said, the social um, kind of construct of how uh, white people will generally hang out with other white people. Yes. And if they're in decision-making powers, then they're going to draw on the people more naturally, that um, yeah. come to mind. Um, but there's also a level of it that is uh, segre- like a segregation thing where um, – I may be thought to be incompetent just because I'm a black photographer sure. or uh, another person may be thought to be incompetent because they're a woman. Um, and those are the things that needs to be transformed. So for me, those are just the, the challenges of uh, South Africa and I guess the world really to have representation where it's not just about, well, let's have more black photographers. Let's have more black female photographers or more black queer photographers. And when I say black, I mean, for me, it's people of color, whether you're yeah. uh, mixed race or colored or Indian or whatever the case is, I kind of, you fall into blackness for me um, because we all experience some level of um, segregation or slavery or oppression mm. um, at some point uh, so that becomes important but I mean for me what's what's ultimately important is different levels of, of penetration and and uh, representation in, across the board so uh, and that's happening slowly but it will take time to happen where you've got clients that are black and um, talent management agencies that are starting up that are black because we have to create our own versions of these things because the models that exist weren't made to accommodate us. Yeah. Um, and that's as simple as it is. So it's not about looking at uh, uh, an agency that you may aspire to be represented by one day and going, oh, I mean, I want them to represent me because then you're still going to almost be, a token. be a token. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be placed on a, on a pedestal or a totem versus working with people and starting your own version of it. And I mean, it's happening even with something as simple as um, stock photography mm. where black people have realized, well, we're not represented on the internet. So let's start our own thing and control the full spectrum of that. So for me, it becomes uh, number one about uh, representation. And that speaks again to how authentic is the message that you're telling. And naturally, the message I tell is going to be black-based or black-focused because I'm a black person and Mm. the experiences that I have or navigate through this world are as a black person. So um, that's what it all comes back down to is those levels. And I want us to to get into that, like narratives that that matter to you uh, individually, but I'd like Austin to to take us through the gender and and race dynamics in terms of um, the hierarchy that that exists within the space in terms of um, decision makers um, and the population of who gets Look, to do what. It's, it's funny. I was I was somewhere uh, about a week ago. Um, because I wanted to get a, so I'm trying to be an ambassador for this particular brand, right? Okay. And someone was like, you know, you, we should, you should, it should be easy for you because we're not a minority. Hmm. You know, it's, it's that simple. Like, why is the minority controlling the majority, to be honest? Yeah. Why, why is it that in, 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 in a country like South Africa where it's the majority is black people, but then we still have to, uh, succumb to white people? So for me, I think, uh, the problems that we have, uh, when it comes to, to, to race and gender roles is, for one, we, I'm not gonna say we don't have, we just don't have enough, uh, black female photographers. Okay. And even if they're uh, black and female, they, it, it's already hard for you as a black male photographer to get to the top of the food chain because the food chain is controlled by the white people. So How is it going to be easy for a female photographer to get there when your male counterpart is already struggling? Yeah. You know, so I think for us, this, it's, it's a, it's a long way to go until we get there. And as Anthony said, we 
kind of getting there because we're creating our own parts. But then even in that, it's still not enough for them to say, okay, cool, you guys are good enough. Why can't we give you the chance to do this job? Like you'll get, you can go pitch against uh, a white person and you you will get they will get more preference compared to you and this is a conversation it's gonna sound like I'm still you stealing your lines Anthony no no you said it's the same earlier sentiment. on <laughs> yeah earlier on there was this conversation with, that we had and you said you find a white photographer with twenty with twenty uh, followers on social media and they're shooting a three five million rand job mm. and you've got all this clout but they still won't allow you to shoot it and it's like you're building up so much clout or you have to get so popular that they. You can catch their attention, but it's still not enough for you to do particular jobs that you want to do. Mm. So what more do you have to do? Do we, as as young black people, do we get popular to only shoot the popular people? Because I don't believe mm. that's where we all want to be. Because yeah. we all want to move into advertising because you know that's where the money is. The bulk that's of where, the money is. Yeah, not even just the bulk of the money, but that's where the creative, more creative work comes in. Sure. You know? So... If you're this popular, like, I feel like I'm at the top of, like, the, my cloud chain or the popularity <laughs> chain. And I can't do anything more. What I want to move into is where the money is. But, like, even now, like, it's still a struggle to say, okay, cool, I've got these beauty shots. I've got one, two, three. But it's still a struggle for me to get in and do a proper beauty campaign or clothing campaign. Yeah. Like, I can only get it because of the clout and because the, uh, of my social media. I can't get the advertising campaign. I'll get the social media campaign. Mm. Like, why am I good enough for social media and not good enough for the big billboard? Hmm. Those are, those are some very interesting questions uh, to ask. And a lot of young people or young black people that are starting out in, in the industry, they, they see Austin, they see Anthony, they see your amazing work and, and they think... Or get this perception that, you know, everything is hunky-dory. But Guys. things are still far from that. I think all of us, like, are not where we are supposed to be or where we want to be. Um, to someone, Anthony's, like, I used to look up to Anthony, like, for a while. And this is going to be ah, the so first you don't time look you up hear this. <laughs> no, I'm going to explain something. I'm going to explain something. Listen. So, and I was like, Anthony's doing one, two, three. Until one friend of mine, this is, this is, uh, something else. And they said, you know what, Austin, you're still young. Anthony has two, three years ahead of you. Sure. And you still have a bit more to build on. And that's the one thing that made me realize most of us are looking up to certain people and trying to get there faster because yeah, you mm. might be popping right now, mm. but it took that person longer. It took them more practice, more work. I, I probably started photography before and, uh, uh, no, after Anthony. And that's what might have given him the gap of time. Like, sure. I'll never be an Anthony. I'll never get, like, no matter how many years we work, Anthony will always get more experience every year. So I can never advantage. be where Anthony is. And I need to stop comparing myself to an Anthony because my build is different compared to Anthony's build. And also the time that we've had in the industry is different. Mm. So you're looking at me and thinking, ah, oh, Austin is doing so great. Don't forget, this is seven years of experience. Mm. This is seven years or three years of being a nobody trying to build a name until like someone was like, okay, cool, there's this kid. And then someone else was like, oh, damn, who's this? Who's yeah. this? All this uh, accumulates. It doesn't, it's not success over one night. Sure. It's success over time. And you just have to let time do its thing. Yeah. So, so, so how, how, do, how, do, how do we tip the, the hierarchy on, on, on its head? Because from the sentiments that you shared from the conversation earlier was the, White um, male counterparts uh, at the top of um, the food chain, um, so to speak, and then it's the female um, white 
um, counterpart still. And then that's when you get to the males that are black. And then the, the black females in the industry are at the bottom of, of, of everything. So how, how do we start changing that and making sure that more black, um, well, photographers I mean, get the recognition they deserve. Well, for me, it's it's uh, social. It's the same way we've had to break through uh, at, the, at the moment where you're just doing what the people want. You know, there's that saying that be so good that they can't ignore you. Sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that we have to um, kind of play things up in this in that way where you have to use social clout and and do all of that but it's the only way to disrupt the way things are because i've been fortunate where um agencies have not necessarily wanted me to shoot a campaign but the client was a person of color or even a white person or whatever but they had seen my work on social media and they specifically asked for me for the job hmm. and whether the agency liked it or not they were strong armed by the person who pays everyone's bills at the end of the day the client and that's how i've got enough foot in the door and having shot the thing and proven myself and the thing being a success has made also even those people that had those preconceived notions of hey i don't know about these black photographers i mean are they professional are they reliable working with them being professional delivering and them having nothing to to say to uh to negate your competency changes the thing and um i think we also just are via the the power that we have which is social media need to advocate for one another um and and sing each other's praises we're not austin is not my enemy cedric's not my enemy nail is not my no no one who is Uncle in the square yeah, we're, we're crabs in the same bucket sure yeah and we need to um, celebrate each other when we genuinely appreciate and like each other's work mm. or just uh, share just our celebrate knowledge base. Each other's wins. Um, and just, yeah, so even if Austin gets a campaign and he talks about it online, just to, sh- just to say congratulations is a major win because then we're building uh, solidarity in a community yeah. that will make all of us stronger because the door that he's opened means that more doors will open and more trust will be given to us um, because we're disrupting the way that the thing works. The, the infighting of like, no, no, I want to be the first black photographer and the it's, first it's, one in the room. Yeah. That's not going to help anybody. And sure. it will hurt even the person who thinks they're inside hmm. because they're going to become a token or they're going to um, become marginalized in that way. So for me, it's disrupting it via social media um, and genuinely looking out for the best interests of each other hmm. um, to say, well, guys, there's, I've had this opportunity to pitch on work and let the best person win, win. and let everyone go in. Um, and then you win on merits or you don't. And I have... Uh, respect for everyone, but I have no fear of anybody. So mm. um, if I want to be the best, uh, which is what I aspire to be at anything that I do, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's in the room. So I'm not going to try to block other people. people. Let's all go. And yeah. then when we come out of there, the best person wins. Whether Congratulate it, each yeah. other. Like, yeah, exactly. For me, I say, like, I want to I pitch against my own friends. I want to pitch against people that I looked up to in the industry. Because that's the only way. At one point or another, you're going to go against your mentors. You're going to go against... That's why you, you get mentored. You're learning from the best because you want to be where they are. Yeah. So if... I go into a pitch against Anthony, may the best man win. Yeah. If he wins, let's not fight and think, ah, oh, man, I wanted that job, so yeah. I hate Anthony for winning that. No, that means that you were weak at that moment. Your presentation or your pitch was weak. So you need to say, okay, cool, Anthony, why, why, did, why did you win? Let's see why you won. How can I do it I better? Mean, yeah. But also, what we also forget is that the pie is huge and the, the, the crumbs that we've been fed kind of as, as uh, uh, black creatives uh-huh. is a very small piece of the pie. And having been fortunate enough to work in agency, uh, having dealt with clients, um, you see how much bigger the pie, the pie is, 
and how that everyone can win. So there's a pitch that you may lose today and I win. Now I'm booked out for a month or two. There's another pitch for the same month that you go to and you may win over somebody else and they may go to another pitch and they may win that one. Um, and the point that I'm making is there's too much work for any mm-hmm. one person or even tens of, of people or even hundreds of people to uh, possibly feed the, the demand of that kind of supply. So you may lose today, you can win tomorrow. You may lose tomorrow, you can win the next day. So we also need to like look bigger than the, the these preconceived notions of what we can shoot. Like It's not just fashion and musicians and celebrities. There's um, food photography, there's um, cars, there's cars. There's, there's literally hundreds of different things that people haven't looked at or have, haven't, haven't uh, opened up their minds to that um, are incredible opportunities to shoot to also yeah. expand your portfolio. Mm. And that's what also we need to understand is that we must stop all chasing the crumbs that we may be familiar with and just expand and again, increase our knowledge and start operating in different spaces. Mm. Um, the difference between, I mean, when I started, people considered me a street style photographer. Yeah. And as soon as people started saying that I stopped shooting street style and I, and I saved up and I bought studio equipment and I started shooting different things um, just so that because I think this whole specialization is great, but the principles for me are mo- the most important. And I want to apply the principles of photography mm-hmm. across a number of different uh, disciplines yes. or styles of photography, um, just for my creative mind to not lose my sanity. Hmm. And where do you draw your, your inspiration from individually? I, for me, most of my inspiration comes from what I see around me. And it might be something that I see on social media and, um, it's mostly from other photographers That's the funny thing Because you see what Anthony shot And you're like How did you shoot that? And you try uh, Fuse your style into that It's not like um, There's a particular place Where you know You can sit and draw inspiration <laughs> from yeah. But it's it's from seeing What other people have done And then you're like Where where do you see a fault? Or where can I make it better? How yeah. can I get my style To look like that? Or make Or get my work To look as good as Anthony's mm-hmm. That's where you get Your inspiration from It's I, I, I say it's like Competition, but not. Well, I mean, it's like a healthy competition. It's healthy the same competition. Way as, like the if you go to the Olympics, um, there's a competitive spe- spirit to want to be the best, best. but you're not. Uh, there's no maliciousness in it because you just like, hey, may the best person win. Um, Yo, this guy or this girl shot this thing and it looked incredible. I'm inspired now to try to elevate to that level or surpass it, and that's healthy because um, you know, steel sharpens steel, and um, that's what. Aspiring to be better than you were yesterday does mm. um, But on the on the question of inspiration Mine comes from anything and everything From music to movies To um, architecture To a number of things um, Because they feed my mind in different ways That inform the photography Even if it's a subconscious thing So um, I think if you are a particular kind of artist or musician or, or creative person, um, you're, if you only draw inspiration from the thing that you do, you're going to limit yourself a lot okay. to the variety because there's grades that I've seen um, in movies or even in uh, architectural photography. Where I was like, wow, there's no people in this, but the texture and the way this feels is incredible and I'm going to find some way to incorporate this into the thing that I'm doing. So um, if you can draw inspiration from everything, um, you're going to be doing a great job, and it's also going to just stimulate you stimulate more. You, but you're also going to start to understand the thing in a very different way, um, because I think we run the risk in social media of everyone consuming from the same sources, 
eventually you're going to start to think the Sing same, the same, the same way the same, and then do the same um, thing. Where yeah. Now your, your style can't be differentiated from another person. I see. And that's what is going to make you stand out is your, your individuality or the way you perceive things and how you interpret them. So I think, um, that's also an important, um, aspect to, to remember. And also when you, when things start to feel easy and comfortable, that's Move the time away. to pivot, um, to try something else, shoot something different, use a different focal length or lens, um, leave photography, uh, or have a start another hobby, do something else yeah. that's going to inspire you to when you go back to the thing that you do that elevates it or changes it up a little bit. Hmm. Austin? I think I agree with him, like, <laughs> fully. <laughs> it's like, um, I, I said earlier, like, he was asking me, uh, I had said I'm gonna take a break for, from photography for like two months and be an assistant, you know, just so you go back and learn different things. And by learning from someone else, it changes how you view your work. Okay. And how you're gonna change your style. So that's, uh, inspiration enough. But also, like, um, the biggest thing he said is if we all just, um, Learn from or look at the same source of inspiration. Our stuff is all gonna is gonna look the same. I think most of the biggest thing is I spend a lot of time on um on Beyonce, uh, where I look at different photographers' work and just try figure out how I can get my work to look like that. Um, I think a lot of time in your mind, uh, the challenge is to try produce something different and you're always trying to challenge yourself. It's not just about, oh no, I'm looking at this and I'm going to recreate that. You look at that and you say, how can I incorporate that into my style? How mm. can I change it so it fits me? So I think uh, most of my inspiration comes from, uh, I spend a lot of time on the net, to be honest. Sure. That's literally, that's, you can draw a lot of inspiration because you find so many things. Like you sit and you're like, ah, oh, now I want to do a 1970s shoot or I want to do something that's inspired by uh, cars or like now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I want to do a great Gatsby inspired shoot. And that's because of the film, you know, so he is right about when, what he was saying. You need to draw inspiration from anything and well, anything and everything so mm. that you think different. Hmm. So z- zooming in into some of the work that you, that you've done, I saw an image once of, um, from your work, Anthony. Um, it was a guy that mm-hmm. was, was looking up and there were beams from his eyes. I don't know if they were oh, leaving okay. the body yeah. or they were coming into the body. Yeah. What, what, what was your thinking process at that particular point in time when you created that? Well, I mean, it's, see, it's tricky because, um, the way I feel about the, the more artistic leanings of photography or fine art photography is that, um, or any creative endeavor is that, the intention that I had when I created it is not what other people will perceive okay. and consume. And once I've created it and put it into the world, it's not mine to Yours interpret is, anymore. Yeah. So I've got like personal interpretations, but I seldom like to share those because it taints the perception that people have and the picture that they've created in their minds. And that's a hundred percent right because once you feel a sense of ownership or interpretation, now it's yours. And I don't want to taint that, um, with my own, uh, perceptions of how I, how I was, what I was thinking or mm. how I interpreted my thinking into the visual image. So, um, I mean, there's, there could be a hundred different ways because people have <laughs> asked about that and said, Oh, was it about death and, um, angels? And some people are just like, Oh, was it all a subconscious thing that was happening, but it wasn't really. And all of that is right and all of it is wrong. But it, if it's right for you, then it's correct. 
So um, I don't. I think that's as long as someone feels something and connects to it, that's what makes it art for me, um, rather than the interpretation that I give uh, personally of of what that narrative or that allegory uh, might be. Um, because I think that takes away from but, the magic of it, you know. So so on that particular day, though, what yeah. were you thinking about that led you to? Doing that um, That um, can be interpreted in, in, in Who knows man? I might have watched I don't know I don't even remember <laughs> I don't even remember To be honest with you But um, you know Because you, you consume So many different stimuli um, Whether it's uh, Movies or books Or whatever All of that stuff Is swimming in your head And m- meshing And mulling And it's doing A whole bunch of things In your head And when it comes out on a conscious level, you don't even know why you're doing a thing, but it's just, you just feel this innate need to express it the way that it is. Mm. Um, so who knows what I was thinking on the day, um, but it, it came out the way that it did. If I went back to the images and really thought about it, there's probably, probably. like a, a, a chronological line, but that was a shoot I did maybe two, three years ago. Sure. Um, and where I am now, is different. Is my thinking is completely different. Sure. My answer might even be different from the what, thing what you thought initially. So yeah. that's why I say like it's a very tricky, um, Boat to navigate And then you Austin shot um, A group of uh, Young boys uh, Playing soccer Those were Those were beautiful images And oh, Yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it It gave me the sense of You took your time And You were really thinking About that And What was What was going through your mind When, um, when you were shooting Those it's images It's very funny Like when, when people Go back to those images um, It's It's <sighs> Um, we had, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, Tabiso, and, uh, we had just come back from a music video shoot and we're shooting behind the scenes. And when we were driving, um, he was, I told him how tired I was of doing what I was doing in terms of photography. Sure. And he was like, you know, I haven't seen you shoot people like, you know, like shooting natural environments. Like, uh, yeah, you do events and all these things, but I've never seen you go back to shooting what you used to shoot when you started. Mm. And he said, like, right now, uh, look at the guys playing soccer. Why don't you shoot that? Yeah. Like, and we just stopped the car and went back and we just shot that. And for me, those were moments that reminded me of, uh, my youth nostalgia like I, yeah yeah and you know if if you've grown up in the hood or you've like if you're black and you've grown up in the hood every single time um on sundays or on saturdays the soccer used to be a major thing you know it used to be there used to be the teams and in every rural village it used to be like a major thing uh soccer on saturdays or sundays so for me that that kind of reminded me of uh when i was younger and i was like okay cool let's just let's figure out what's happening and that's probably one of the things that um brought me back into doing the photo- that type of photography because like those moments are timeless moments and so many people connected with them because they could see it was real moments. It was, um, those were raw moments that people were enjoying. And I think it's probably some of my best work for now. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's, it's amazing how you go to any hood. It could be a long stretch of just shacks or houses, whatever there's the case is. Field. There's a soccer field. There is, that's, that's the thing. For soccer to it be played. It doesn't matter where you are. There is a soccer field to show the importance of that. Mm. Like people always connect through soccer most of the time. So yeah. So I, I want you guys to, to, to take us as well through some of your recent work and, and, and just, Narrated to us, um, 
from from your creative genius. Well, some of it is is not really really, really that relatively new, that. but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's where, it's, where it's, are it's we, Anthony? Uh, I mean, like I say, man, I don't want to give those kind of uh, safeguards or restrictions. But I mean, I'll, I'll speak about one or two projects that stood out to were favorites of mine. And one was uh, a project I did with uh, Lovers Africa and the um, uh, Lawrence and Andile and all of those guys uh, from Lovers Africa. And what we did is we shot in Alexandra and it was... Um, a project that I had in my head called Black History March, which was like celebrating different time periods that black people have um, existed in and um, kind of existed beyond the restrictions and the and the and the system that was kind of oppressing them or suppressing sure. them. Um, and that we treated so the images looked like they were shot in the 1800s yeah. um, and they had like a feel to it. So that was a more conceptual shoot where um, you kind of were paying homage to the past with people from the present mm. um, because the same thing will probably happen a hundred years from now where the way we're dressed and the way we look will be like, yo, these guys used to dress so vintage and old school um, because it's all a matter of perception because you know time is where you are in uh, time, is, yeah. is, a, is a perception of when you exist across the spectrum that it is um, But in general the, the kinds of projects that I've moved into now uh, And I'm excited about Have been the videography Or TVC and film kinds of projects okay. um, I did a series for Brand South Africa uh, With Imran Christian Gemini Major and Latoya Magene And um, it kind of was Paying homage to the constitution But making the constitution Pertinent and relevant um, To young South Africans Because it's a thick a verbose document that they don't understand. But in the way that we were telling the stories, it, it's about how do we take the freedom of expression and the freedom to the rights of religion and the, and the, and the freedom to human dignity. And how do we take those elements and translate them into a way that young people can understand, can understand and yeah. in a format that they'll consume and be excited about. And that's how these videos were born. So, I mean, so it's easy to find them online and kind of the stories tell themselves. So I don't like to over explain oh, the thing okay. because if yeah. you watch it, you'll, you'll interpret it and you'll, and you'll get it. But that was kind of the premise of taking something old and moving it into a time period where people will consume it in a way that's, um, more relevant to them because, uh, unfortunately young people don't read, um, as much as they used to. And I still advocate for that, but it's also understanding formats and what, what is going to reach people. Cause maybe that video inspires some kid to go find out about the constitution and read up on their rights and responsibilities. But there was a catalyst that drew them in the same way. Um, different catalysts have drawn me into reading and art and music and all of these things. Yeah. Austin. Um, I wish I was like Anthony. <laughs> Doesn't like to explain his story. I feel like, like sometimes it just, it, it, it helps. Sometimes it doesn't because like you said, uh, when someone sees the, the picture, they create their own story, sure. which is a great thing. But sometimes trying to explain like where, where you were at that moment might just help, uh, people understand how, uh, you created that picture. Um, currently, um, some of the projects that we've done, I'm trying to think. Like I, to be honest, I kind of I kind of let go of a project after I'm done with it because mm. um, it's not mine anymore. Uh, let, let, let's let's start with Hangman. Maybe then it'll it'll take you like a bit back <laughs> so that you can come uh, and, okay. and tell us the, uh, the, more the stuff that I did stuff. with Hangman. Um, uh, Hangman was a film done by a group of friends of mine from Tribal Media House. Um, and what they were doing is telling a story of a young man who 
uh, works in a in a prison where um, the death sentence still applied. And one day he sees his father in the death sentence line, mm. and he had a fight with the, with his dad because he just disappeared. And the pictures that I took there was probably moments of just um, the main actor. Uh, Kulu and I just wanted to know like what was really going on like you know in his mind because he played the father so um, I went on to set the one day and I was just like uh, let's just have a bit of fun and see what happens and that's where those pictures came from uh, for me I, I don't think like to be honest it was something that was uh, okay cool connect emotionally but people connected to it you know but for me I was like I just wanted to get beautiful beautiful pictures and that became a different thing um, eventually the, the stuff that I wanted to get which were more emotional were the portraits of the guys looking straight into camera mm. those were like the, 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 the important parts for me where uh, I wanted to know like you have someone playing an Afrikaans cop uh, from the 70s I wanted to know what that uh, felt like to him mm. and also the people mm. and also the father if you, if you look at those portraits you can see emotion in those you know um, from then on I think the 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 biggest uh, project, one of the latest projects that I worked on was uh, Domestos World Toilet Day where uh, celebrities were brought into uh, toilets in schools where they're not as um, hygienic, hygienic as. as they should be mm-hmm. and uh, what we had to do is get the moment as soon as they walk in to see the reaction and how they react when they see these things because there was already a challenge like to them they were asked when you walk into this toilet you need to think would I go here and that's when you see the actual moments because that's humans thinking about other humans and not just other humans but children using toilets that aren't hygienic so it kind of draws from you like would you go here and it became a thing because uh you didn't get the typical reaction like i think it became a thing of uh how do you put it so was running away guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, it became a, a personal thing for everyone because when you saw the pictures yes we had seen we had seen the toilets before because yeah. we had to make sure that when we shoot the pictures, you do get the right moments. And it became a thing of, um, how do you say, not human interaction. Um, uh, yes, yes, my, my English has run away, guys. It's, it's, you feel for other people. That's, that's what it is. Sympathy and, and sympathy. Empathy. There you go. Yeah. English <laughs> came back. <laughs> it became a thing of sympathy for everyone who was in there because sure. they showed sympathy and that they were, they're human as well and they care about the people. Even though you don't know anyone using those toilets, but it's not, it's inhumane to be using those toilets. Sure. So yeah. I think that's what So it, gentlemen, one, one day we'll have, um, you know, like it has happened in recent history and the, the 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 past years, where people like Prince they leave us, and a lot of other great creators and artists. But we have the best of Prince to listen to. We have a, a lot of what they stood for and what they did left with us. So now, look at looking at uh, photography and looking at specifically what you are doing with photography right now and the narratives that matter to you. One day, hopefully not soon, when people look back and look at the images and look at the campaigns that you guys shot, what kind of legacy would you guys want to leave with your work? Uh, I mean, I haven't really given it that much thought, but I would like to be remembered for uh, the contribution or at least inspiring and sparking um, 
the belief in other young black kids that they can do anything that they want to and that they set their minds to. Um, there are no limits. Um, because if you look at the way our parents and their parents grew up, they were all they had were limitations of where oh. they could go, who they could interact with, who they could fall in love with, what they could eat. It was all just restricted. And um, we're only uh, one or two generations past that, uh, if that at all. So for me, it's just instilling that belief in that, man, I saw this person come from the circumstances that they did good, bad or ugly, and they managed to achieve something that will live past them. And it inspires me the same way as I would look uh, or listen to music from bygone people, like you said, like a Prince or an Isaac Hayes or whoever the case is, or look at images from a Guy Bourdain or whoever the photographer or artist may be. But it inspires something in me today that I can carry and hopefully uh, create uh, good or incredible work that lives past my lifetime and inspires other people. That's kind of all that I can hope for is that it, it sparks something in somebody that will do and achieve greater things than I have in my lifetime that we keep raising the bar for uh, young black creatives or at least young black creatives at heart or in mind because I think also age is a construct of what you consume, not necessarily True. your chronological age. True. Um, but staying youthful and excited and creative And for me that's what's most important Is not me necessarily being remembered But the work that I've made um, be remembered. Just be remembered And create opportunities And become a catalyst for other people In the future to do more mm. I think uh, I should have said same sentiments I think for me it's uh, I'd like to leave a legacy of timeless work i think like no matter what no matter what time you i swear when you look at those pictures of the the guys playing soccer you will never that's it, 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 it doesn't fit into any time any frame time. so you can never say that was shot in this specific time so i think that's what i'd rather leave uh moments timeless moments in my work that people are like you know what i really wonder even if you don't explain the story i really wonder what was going through his mind when he saw this and to take this picture i think that's that's the biggest thing because then with that you are instilling a, uh, a mentality of um when you create real good work it has no time limit to it sure. and that's what we're all trying to do i swear like i don't think any photographer is trying to just take pictures and say oh no uh you can tell when this was done no we're all working to create Art and not just pictures. We all working to create art that will be timeless. That people will always resonate with every time they look at it and every time they see it, they must ask themselves why, what's going on in that picture. Even though they can tell their own stories, and like uh, Anthony said, you want them to tell their own stories in every picture, and that's a great legacy to leave because you're not just telling your story; you're telling somebody somebody else's emotional story when they connect with that picture yeah. so i think that's the legacy we all want to leave the moment the stories that people create with your work yeah that's what that's what matters most not just what you were going through when you created that art hmm. so a question linked to that would be that with having said that i um, mean lastly when people look at your work what would they say you stood for in a sentence or in a word um, like I said at the very beginning of the interview, authenticity. Authenticity. That's Anthony. Uh, <laughs> uh, timelessness. Timelessness. Yeah. All right. uh, I don't want anyone to, to, to ever say like my work looks like it was from 2003. 
I don't want it to have a 2003 feel. I want it. I want you to look at it today and be like, that's actually what's happening today. You still have to tell your own story. You have to, like, in everything that you see, like, even though moments in time don't really repeat, but there's always a certain part of it that will always stand out. So you don't want this. Um, I don't want my work to have a date. Okay. Fair enough. No, thanks, thanks a lot, um, guys, for, for coming through to the studio and um, hanging with the YLP team. Um, we, we hope nothing but the best. Um, as pioneers of something that's going to be massive and very grandeur for other black creatives that, that follow after you guys, you have a heavy responsibility <laughs> on your shoulders to kick down doors and build pretty much for... Let's build. Yeah, for for you know for the next generation. How how do people get a get a hold of you and get to get access to uh, your work? At at the expressionist on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Anthony Bila. No, just yeah. I always say just Google Anthony Bila or the expressionist and consume the the places that you enjoy. If sure. it's Twitter, if it's Facebook, the website, or none at all. Um, you know, it's happy. I'm happy either way. But that's kind of the places that you'll find me is the interweb because you won't find Anthony anywhere in any of those places because sure. I'm a bit of a, a ghost when it comes to Anthony the person versus the work. The work, yeah. yeah. Uh, unlike on, unlike Anthony, it's Aust underscore Malema on Twitter. Um, uh, Austin Malema and beyond. Um, Austin Malema on Twitter. Uh, and that's at Facebook. I'm not really there. Uh, I just visit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for yeah. tuning in again to the Youth Leadership Platform and stay tuned for more episodes from the Potemkin Gallery um, unraveling the secrets behind what happens in the make-believe society of modern-day uh, social media and basically capturing the essence of the culture from Bongani Tau and our fabulous guests. It's we're bowing out for today. This is CliffCentral.com.